Welcome to the final episode of Industry Minds Series 5, sponsored by us, Tax for Actors. It's been an absolute pleasure to sponsor this series. It's been one of the best yet, and we really hope you've enjoyed listening to every single episode. From me, Owen Woodgate, a huge thank you to Cathy and Scarlett for all their hard work over the last few years. Enjoy the final episode. which discusses the importance of talking about mental health within the creative arts. My name is Kathy Reid. And I'm Scarlett Maltman. And today we are joined by the fabulous team from Sophie Holland Casting, which is, of course, Sophie Holland, Faye Timby and Frankie Ferris. Hi, guys. Hi. Hi. How are you all today? Feeling good. Yeah, I think we're, we're pretty good. Yeah. It's not raining. I was saying to Faye at the start, we've had awful weather. So this is like the first day. There's some sunshine. Yeah. It feels like autumn, like the, it, the sun's out, but it, it, it is cool. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Summer yeah. is gone. Summer is gone. <laughs> so we always start with a game, and this is a word association game. I've put you all in sections. So we're going to start with Faye, then I'll go to Frankie, and then I'll go to Sophie. Okay? So the first thing that pops into your head. Right, Faye, so you ready? Oh, God. I mean, are you ready, Scarlett, really? <laughs> <laughs> Right, here we go. Ice cream. Uh, ben and Jerry's. Headshots. Actors. Submissions. Spotlight. Prosecco. Sophie Holland casting. <laughs> Social media. Instagram. Smashed it. Oh, that's great. Oh, thank you. Ready. Love. Boys. Wine. <laughs> Cheese. Holidays. Sun. Happiness. Love. Halloween. Fun. Smashed it. <laughs> I'm actually more nervous now. Why didn't I go first? <laughs> no, but here we go. Right. Crocs. No. Univision. No. <laughs> Girl power. Absolutely. Family. Everything. Red carpet. Glamour. Summer. Shades. Smashed it. I wasn't very good at that. I'm not very, but that's fine. Do you know Crocs are making a comeback? I don't care if they are or they're not, Scarlett. You will not find them on my feet. I actually do have a pair because when I was working at the hospital, they gave us um, a free pair of Crocs, but they are surprisingly comfy. Well, this is the thing, Scarlett, because you live just down the road. So I'm going to make a visit. I'm going to steal your Crocs and I'm going to chuck them in the bin. (laughs) (laughs) You can thank me in 10 years' time. Let me tell you. I'd I'd really urge everyone to try the Croc. They are comfy. I'm going to get all up here for Christmas. Oh, gosh. Sometimes my dad wears them with Crocs. You know, like men wear Crocs with socks. My dad does that sometimes. It's it's socks and sandals I don't get. Crime against humanity, honestly. Yeah. Same thing with Crocs. They're like sandals, aren't they? I would like to see a red carpet premiere where everyone wears a pair of Crocs and socks. <laughs> that could be a charity event. Other <laughs> celebrity to wear a Croc. <laughs> yes. <laughs> anyway, on to the podcast. Enough yeah. about Crocs. Um, so we always start with the same question when we start these podcasts. Um, and it's what got you into the arts? And um, so let's just go around everyone briefly and share. Uh, mine was through youth theatre, actually. So I um, I was kind of in, I kind of like really enjoyed drama at school. Um, and then my mum heard about um, a youth theatre at our local theatre, which was the Nuffield um, in Southampton. Um, and I think I was on a waiting list for like six months. Um, yeah, and then I just joined youth theatre and it just became such a huge part of my life and I made so many friends and I just like loved every second of it and then I just thought wow I'd love to stay in this forever really so kind of yeah that was kind of the catalyst for it I think. Yeah mine kind of fairly similar um my mum always kind of pushed me to go into kind of some kind of either dance or singing or drama groups more for confidence to try and help build my confidence when I was younger um so yeah she used to do that and then she used to bring me to the theatre quite a lot so and fell in love with it that way. 
Uh, and, and same thing for me, sort of. I, I used to love drama class. It used to not feel like a class at school. And then I just thought you'd have to be a mug, really, to want to do anything else. I mean, you literally get to play all day. And if you're famous, so if you're any good at it, people will give you free stuff and pay you a fortune. <laughs> like, what is, why is everyone going to do an office job when there's this alternative? Yes, please. And then as it turns out, I wasn't very good at it. And so now I'm a casting director. But, the, you know, in theory... I was like, yes, that's everything. Thanks. <laughs> Absolutely. Well, that leads really nicely onto the question of how did Sophie Holland casting begin? Oh my gosh. This was not an easy start to be totally candid. Um, essentially, I was working with someone and um, that relationship broke down. Um, and I had no choice, to be honest. So I thought, okay, well, I sort of out of sheer um, stubbornness, I thought, right, I'll start my own company. And um, it was a really hard beginning. And that was about three years of sort of slogging it with sort of immense anxiety and never really thinking that I would actually be, I would actually have a career. I mean, that's sort of saying it all without saying it, isn't it? Yeah. But like, it wasn't an easy start. I didn't think I would ever have a career. And now here I am. And now look at you. <laughs> what, what was like the turning point then for, for Sophie Holland casting? Do you know, I think I've always been incredibly focused, incredibly focused, like bizarrely so, so that, um, you know, for me, it's easy to work from home. Like I compartmentalize um because uh, I used to have like, we used to have a spare room in our flat. And so I used to go into that room and I used to work. Um, on on anything and nothing from 10 in the morning till six o'clock at night um, and even if it was the smallest project I used to pour all of that time into it so that I used to grow what was essentially I think nothing really or tiny tiny projects and like make them bigger you know what I mean just because I used to pour all of that time into it so I don't know if that answers the question but no no it does absolutely yeah. brilliant um, so the next question um, is just about your experiences with mental health. So again, if you all want to answer it, that, that can be about your own personal experiences or it can be about just what you view in the industry, the arts industry. Gosh, it's so prevalent, especially at the moment coming um, off the back of um, everyone being in isolation. I guess for me personally, um, I suffer quite a bit with anxiety, although it's quite a... it's. To arguably it's a relatively new thing um, that I've only kind of encountered in the last few years and I've also like battled on and off with a bit of an eating disorder as well but what's been great is I started having um, CBT therapy at the start of lockdown um, and that's and that was um, through it's like Greenwich time to talk so it's like NHS funded um, and that's been amazing at kind of helping me find, I think it's what we were talking about the other day when we did the Q&A is like um, finding tools with which to like help me deal with that, especially with like the anxiety and just like picking things apart and thinking about things differently and having a different approach to things. Um, but I think almost everyone I know has suffered with bad mental health at some point or another in their lives. I think it's just really common. And I think the best thing we can do is kind of, I think normalizes the wrong word maybe, but I guess just reassure people that it is such a common thing so that people aren't scared to talk about it, which is, which obviously is, or can prove to be you know, dangerous. So I had my first panic attack when I was 14 um, and suffered very badly with anxiety and depression um, in kind of my teen years. Um, things like self-harm and suicidal thoughts was something that was taking up my life a lot. Um, and thankfully, I, my family are very, we talk a lot about mental health, which was amazing for me because I, it didn't feel like a taboo. So I've never kept it quiet. I've always talked about it. Um, 
you know, I've been in and out of counselling through various like CBT, um, psychotherapists, everything throughout, you know, from 14 to now, which is, you know, 16 years. Um, and yeah, and then a few, well, a little while ago, someone extremely close to me had a very, very bad time. And it was somebody who I never thought was struggling. Um, and that for me was quite a shock because because I'm so open about it and I always encourage people to have a conversation and obviously not everyone wants to, but a lot of people do like open up to me because I'm quite open about that, that, that kind of side of my life. Um, to have somebody so close to me who was struggling and not know it um, was, was quite a shock. So I kind of, I try and do everything I can to, you know, with my event and things. I just try to constantly just push the conversation and awareness and make it, try and break down the stigma basically there's something that's you know everybody everybody will be affected by mental health at some point in their life and it is the least spoken about thing ever which just boggles my mind um, you know we're all happy to sit around and talk about that we've got covid or you know but what about all the people who have struggled with their mental health and lockdown it's you know suicide rates have peaked higher than they have in 20 years which is horrific and it's not being talked about so yeah, that's my kind of background with it all. Um, that's an amazing story. And you do, you work with mind, don't you? Calm. Calm, yeah, so sorry. Um, which I think is amazing. Um, and I think um, my own story is sort of really similar. I mean, these girls know, because we're very open in this office, I struggle with my own anxiety a lot. Um, and, and most, of, I sort of hit rock bottom for me when I did go out on my own and I sort of, you know, there was a lot of compare and despair there. Um, you know, I remember thinking at one point, oh, you know, I've, I've blotted my copybook in this industry. No one will ever hire me. I've let down my husband, who's an actor. I've, you know, I've brought shame on him and he'll never work. And I remember seeing like, you know, a bus coming down the road and thinking I would just do everyone a favor if I just stepped in front of that bus. And I remember like, it's such a fight to come back from that. Do you know what I mean? It's like, you have to like, and I remember like for me, it was running. Like I remember every time I'd feel an anxious, I'd like strap on a pair of trainers, no matter what I was doing. And I'd just run, I'd run away from it and just try and clear my mind in that way. But like, I feel like this industry can be incredibly vul like vulnerability inducing because it's built on like, like, you know, Instagram, incredibly like surface area, you know, that like people are coloring their lives and pretending they're really successful and that's just not real. And I feel like that has shaped who I am now as an artist in my own right, that I, when you come into my room, you better bring the truth because I'll bring it. And I don't want anything that feels like inauthentic because I think like if we're all talking about it and I mean, I imagine you girls have your own stories, which I'm not sure if you've shared or if you will share like, but I mean like has to, be normal right we're raising our anxiety with the introduction of social media with like putting stars on a platform that you know what I mean like it's I'm so sorry I went off on a bit, a bit of a tangent and no not at all yeah no and thank you thank you so much for being so honest all three of you about your experiences and it's clear that you guys have such a great relationship which is why you're such a fantastic team um, and we've had a couple of casting directors on the podcast before but we've never had a whole team yeah. so super <laughs> excited about that um, listen when you ask for SHC you get us all we are a family yeah. we love it we love it That's um, it. <laughs> And of course, um, your fantastic team has cast a plethora of fantastic TV, film, theatre productions, including Anna and the uh, Apocalypse, New Tricks, Dixie, Young Wallander, The Witcher and the upcoming Magic Flute, amongst many more. Clearly, there's always a lot going on in the office. So as you're such a great team and you clearly get on, what is something that is really important to you all that helps you work cohesively together? Uh, I suppose... Um we all come from quite vulnerable backgrounds, I would say, without sort of diving into anybody's story that's not mine to share. Um, and I think we, we, I think we protect each other um, and we work as a unit. Um, we, and I think that's what makes us, we, we all get on the same page really fast. And, um, 
and I think we're kind and I, and I think that's all actually it's so rare in this industry in my experience to have that um, to unpack your own box as well as let others unpack theirs I think that we feel more like a family in my I mean I'm saying that and I, obviously I'm the boss so I don't know if that's <laughs> or not, but I mean definitely. <laughs> but I think also I think too what's really nice in, in the office is or you know when when we were working from home is we'd always check in every morning and just have a chat and it doesn't need you know I've been in offices before where you come in and, and you don't even ask how your evening was or how are you and you're just then straight away working whereas we all catch up we talk about you know anything and everything as well as work of course but we do kind of check in with each other and and see like where we're all at in the mornings which I think is really important and something quite special I think it's a nice thing to do yeah you said said there about um the kindness, like you you're so known. I, I'm I'm sure you know this, but you're so known in the industry for being like the nice casting team. Like everyone that speaks of you, like oh they're so lovely, and like you, you just have like you're so known for that in the industry. Did you did you set out to have like certain goals about what you wanted to change? Because obviously there is a bit of a stigma with. Oh, the you go into in a room and the cast and director is on their phone and they won't even look up at you and oh they'll, they'll never email you back or they'll never give you an answer and there is like it, it, I guess it's almost like a stigma that cast and directors are like robots and they're they're horrible and mean and um, did you go out your way to try and not prove a point but like deliberately change that and make a change in the industry or do, do you know what I'm not making sense do, no, do you know no, you are totally making sense because and, and of course like you know I've worked for a lot of casting directors and their styles in the room are all different but and, and it wasn't like an intentional thing I mean I was an actor and obviously I married an actor and 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 I love actors I mean they're so fascinating and complex and each one is as individual as like any other human being would be but for me I just love um, unlocking the boxes to get what the gold, which is like a good performance. And I think the in my experience, the only way to do that is to kind of make the room as honest and as open and as, you know, to give people license to be there at their most vulnerable because what we do is art, it's so fragile. And I think, you know, I, I'm so, interested in exploring the truth of characters and then bearing in mind we work on a massive fantasy show like that's what we're sort of known for but these fantasy characters we can't play them like fantasy characters you have to play the truth of them and that doesn't matter if it's like you know one animal or one creature to another like there has to be a truth there the reason you want to communicate um, is because you have something to say and we try and create a room where people feel able to speak their truths and for that to happen you have to create a soft room you know so it's not we didn't like set out with a, like an objective I just in my experience that's the best way to get what you want that sounds really selfish but you know what no, I mean no, yeah, I think also that ethos that you've sort of created inadvertently bleeds over into the way that you run the office as well in the sense that what you did is, you know, and I can only speak for myself, but like coming from, you know, not a very nice working environment where there is a massive culture of bullying in our industry, particularly when it comes to casting directors and agents and their assistants. And what you did was created a safe environment whereby like with actors, like Frankie and I are able to do our best work and we're able to contribute but, you know, make positive contributions to the projects we're working on because we feel like we have autonomy over our work and we feel like, you know, if for whatever reason we make a mistake, you know, we ourselves feel it, but like we're not going to get shouted at or have a stapler thrown at our heads, you know, <laughs> like, and that's so important when you work in an industry where everything feels a little yeah. fraught and a, and a little bit, scary and a, a little bit overwhelming and I think when you talked about protection I think that's something that we all feel massively you know we're, we are like a family we're very protective of one another because we have come from places where we haven't felt that that's been the case and that's probably why it's so important to all of us now and I don't want anyone to ever feel that way that I felt when I started out on my own 
no one should have to feel like that because of a bullying sort of thread throughout our industry. We can stop it. You can change it. And we, I think, are proof of that. You know what I mean? Those support networks are built because it doesn't have to be that way. You don't have to live. And it's mostly, I think, from fear. People are so afraid that you're going to take something that was theirs, that they have to like put you down or make you feel bad. Or like, it just doesn't work that way. If it really doesn't, you know what I mean? So that's what I think, yeah. But thank yeah, you. Yeah. I see that a lot online as well. It, exactly what you said about the bullying, the the taking something is it's it's so much on social media now as well with like it's almost like it is it's like trolling online and just I think in this time because there is so much uncertainty people are just wanting to like step down on other people a lot it's it's quite scary it is really scary but thank you so much for being so open and honest honestly you're amazing Something that has been discussed a lot more in recent times is the issue of diversity in casting. Um, what more do you think can be done in, ca- in the casting world so that there is equal- equality of opportunity for, for it all? That's a really good question. I think, I, do you, in terms of casting specifically? Um, yeah, I yeah. mean, if anybody want to t- take the question, I guess, in all aspects of it. Yeah, yeah, of course. I mean, I suppose it's just really, really brilliant that, like, these conversations are happening at the moment in you know in terms of you know marginalized groups and people not feeling like they're seen or feeling like they're being heard and so I feel like it's about us making a conscious effort to ensure that you know the world you know especially with like fantasy world so if we're building a world that that world is reflective of the world that we live in I guess in terms of what we can do specifically it's just in ensuring that we are seeing actors from different ethnicities and from different backgrounds and disabled actors and um, deaf actors but not necessarily specifically for roles that are just written for disabled actors um, and asking questions and challenging more. And Sophie's so great with encouraging us to ask, well, why? You know, especially creatively. I also think that it has to sort of come from quite high up in terms of the work that's being commissioned and work that's being produced, you know, and, and lots of marginalized groups feeling like they don't have a voice so it's about ensuring that those production houses are commissioning those stories so that those stories are being told as well anything you guys want to add do you know in, in a way what would be really great is if it didn't start I mean we are and I've sort of said this before we are brilliantly placed to have those conversations when we get those scripts in and we see those worlds unfolding but in many ways like these like the writers teams need to be as diverse as possible because that's where the stories come from those perspectives come from so you know like I I feel like more needs to be done very early on in those stages we need to get um you know people representing LGBTQ people from all diverse backgrounds um in telling their stories putting their narrative in those stories so that it's like easier for us but in a way like you know, I mean, things are moving, people are more aware, um, but more can always be done. You know, I will rejoice when we actually see the world reflected back as it truly looks, you know, that's, I'll be like, great, I'm done, put a fork in me, you know, but I think there's still work to do, and like, and actually, what an amazing thing to come out of lockdown, like people are having those conversations, they're having meaningful conversations that feel hard, that feel tricky, that feel, you know, like, a bit scary like oh my gosh am I going to say something wrong that makes me look like a foolish and I'm like you know am I going to get trolled on social media because I've you know said this and it makes me look stupid um but it doesn't matter ultimately you can say oh mea culpa I got that wrong yeah what an idiot but I'm going to learn I'm going to be better you can have those conversations I think and it's important that we do I suppose very very important so now we all know that casting can be extremely stressful looking through thousands of submissions um organizing that, but 
yeah. really you I mean like yeah I mean you've no idea why it's stressful but yes it's really stressful um well for, from from what we can imagine like uh, looking through thousands of submissions organizing auditions uh sorting out recalls offers as well as going to shows uh most nights when obviously theater was happening does this ever get overwhelming for any of you and what do you do to ensure that you keep your work life and your personal life separate oh gosh that is a good question is <laughs> it's really hard it's really hard it does sometimes feel like that our job is all consuming and actually those things that you've mentioned aren't stressful like they're intense and they're like laborsome but like you know there are other things that are sort of trickier when you're sort of navigating basically you are stepping a t- as a casting director you are stepping a tightrope um between many many egos that you all that you have to serve um and whilst always putting yours on the back burner and you're having to kind of negotiate between people and you're having to sort of make it all seem seamless, I suppose, that's where it really gets tricky. Um, I actually, I mean, I have a little two-year-old, Scarlett knows well, um, and I have found it incredibly difficult. And in many ways, lockdown for me was a revelation. Like I remember, my husband saying to me, oh, I'm really talking out of school now. I hope he doesn't mind me saying, but he, you know, when lockdown happened and I was at home um, with, you know, really that was my focus. The family was my focus. He was like, actually, this has been a blessing in many ways because we really felt like we'd lost you and we didn't know if we were going to get you back. Because I mean, like all of a sudden I was at home every day and I was spending time with Lyra and before I'd felt very, um, nervous about being on my own with her so at weekends like I take her out and I do stuff with her like and being on her own being on our own doing nothing was sort of anxiety inducing for me because I really didn't know her that was the thing she was changing so quickly um and in many ways it was great just to just to touch base and go okay like my life doesn't have to be like that you know what I mean so in many ways lockdown for me was a gift and and I was able to really see for the first time that I ha- I didn't have balance in my life. I'd be fighting this, like trying to get this career so much that I sort of put it on the back burner, which is maybe like a terrible thing to admit, but I'm, you know, glad in many ways that happened. How is she? Little she man. is amazing. <laughs> so sassy. I mean, like we asked her the other day if she mm. wanted to do acting, singing or dancing. And she was like dancing. And then she did like a little show for us. Oh. I mean, she's growing so fast. It's wild. I love. I love her. You need to bring her in Sainsbury's when I'm working at the front of the store, and I'll say hi to her. <laughs> she would love that. But I don't know. I mean, I don't know if it's different for you guys because, like, you don't have kids. I don't know if you, if you struggle to have that work-life balance, or if I guess I, I think maybe like let's talk pre-COVID because mm. like theatre and things like that isn't happening now so that naturally gives your evenings a mm. bit more of space um it, it is hard because part of our job is to you know see everything in theatre and to and to watch every show and to watch every every film and, and and they're things that a lot of people do in their kind of like leisurely time and for us we do that but it is also work so Sometimes there is a bit of a, a blurred line whether are we actually watching this to enjoy it or is it research, you know, that kind of thing. And, and when you're going to the theatre, sometimes, you know, when you're going three times in a week, it's a lot because you're not getting home till at half 11. You, I never eat dinner when I'm going to the theatre because you go straight from work into dinner. I find those evenings quite, um, I always feel kind of a bit drained after the theatre, especially if you're going with like a big group of like agents or actors or clients, whoever, and, and you're working that whole evening and you don't really stop until half 10, 11 at night. So I think now, because there is a bit of a pause with theatre for the time being, those evenings, we've got our evenings back slightly, which is quite nice. Um, yeah, I don't know, Jay, if you've got any. Yeah, I think I realised that I, I didn't, I wasn't very good at distinguishing between like, my own social life and like an industry social life because I have such a crossover where I've got you know friends that are agents and friends that are casting directors and so it would feel like sort of a fun night out but actually you'd still on some level have to be in work mode and I think like again like with the theatres not being open at the moment and just having so much more um so much more time I've sort of realized that actually maybe it's 
um gonna be healthier for me in the long term to like have a little bit of separation but I don't know it's tough I think the thing is like you know unlike Sophie you know I'm not married and I don't have kids so for the last like two three years my main focus has been work and my career and really that's just because I like I love it because I really enjoy it um I think it just depends on it's just a balance isn't it and especially depending on how many projects you've got on um norm, normally you know it's barely manageable but sometimes there are just days where things pile on and you can just feel completely overwhelmed and like you know you're still on your emails at 11 o'clock at night especially in like pilot season times and you just feel like there's no respite and I imagine Sophie feels that more than all of us because it's her company and so ultimately like all the pressure and all the responsibility falls to her and we can try and help alleviate some of that but when it's your own business ultimately it's your responsibility and I think I mean, seriously, hun, hats off to you. <laughs> that must be, that's hard, especially like, you know, having a young baby and a husband as well. Like that's really, really tough. So um, I think in comparison, Franks and I have got it easy. <laughs> All superheroes. All of you. All of you. Um, I think this time as well has really encouraged people to like check in with what's what's important if that makes sense I'm seeing a lot of like Kathy I hope you don't mind me saying but Kathy's off to, to study law um, ah! time. and I think the positives of this time have been to like reassess the the, the blurred lines and taking time for you as well and um, I think especially more than ever like mental health and checking in on yourself is is so important right now so important and um, but you're all amazing. You're all absolutely fantastic. As this is the final episode, I thought I'd share something personal with you. I have a dirty secret, and that is I'm the biggest procrastinator you will probably ever meet. Despite running Tax for Actors and a couple of other businesses, I cannot help but procrastinate when it comes to tasks and jobs that I won't enjoy doing. And for many of you listening now, you might be procrastinating about doing your tax return. And I know what you're thinking. Hey, it's only the end of October. You know, I've got three more months until the deadline. But trust me when I say this, the longer it sits there in the back of your mind, the more it's going to be niggling away at you. It's going to be impacting your mental health. So do as I say, not as I do. And get on it. Get your tax return filed get it in as soon as possible, get it out the way, and it will leave space in your brain for all those wonderful other things. If you're worrying about it or you need help, of course, we'd love you to come on board. Hit me up with an email. It's owen at taxforactors.com. We'd love to help, and I'm sure we can make the process less stressful for you. Thank you so much for listening to this series. Enjoy the rest of the show. Um, casting crushes corona initiative that took over the entire the entire world during uh, the pandemic and um, what inspired you to to get this idea going we're, like we're, what happened it's, it was amazing this is this is all fate in these brainchild literally i mean like i just remember getting a call it was like 11 o'clock at night going this idea and I was like go on and then I was I mean I mean I mean where did it come from how did it come about so I lived um I was living with um an actress and we were up late one night having a conversation about the pandemic and you know how sad it was and how so many actors were like struggling with their mental health and you know surely there had to be kind of a light at the end of the tunnel and surely surely there had to be something good that could come out of it and I was just sort of racking my brains as to how because I've got lots of friends that are performers as well that I know were massively struggling and were you know um out of work so it was kind of like how like in our position in the position that we're in what can we do to provide support um and what's brilliant about Sophie is that we already every so often we were doing sort of one-to-ones with actors maybe like 
new actors that we, we didn't know or whose work we didn't know or um, new graduates that agents had flagged to us. And, you know, we'd do um, one-to-ones like um, sometimes on Zoom if it was an actor that was not living in the UK, but most of the time, you know, we'd have actors in for a cup of tea and just sit down and have a chat and get to know them. So there was all, that was sort of already kind of in place. So it was thinking about how do we expand on that and also we had even though we were still still working intermittently it was we had a lot of free time on our hands as well so it was like how do we still connect or stay connected to people meet performers and meet new talent so it just kind of came about through that really and yeah I think I messaged Sophie at like 11 o'clock at night or something and was like I had this idea what do you think and then I think we both just we both decided to like sleep sleep on it or something we're like let's we didn't in the end no night I I was like oh hold on like I've got a friend that so our friends from we audition like like Darren Dunbar and Richie Cambridge who run this amazing platform called we audition free for actors actors can have a basic membership for free and they decided to help like give us their platform basically so we kind of collabed with them um and we I think we sent it out at 11 like maybe so maybe you'd sort of come to me at like nine o'clock at night but we sent it out I think at 11 o'clock at night And then literally put it out yeah. on social media. And I just remember the phone like beep, 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 all night long. And I was like, this is incredible. <laughs> yeah. We actually obviously had to do it. But I mean, I think I remember the first time going on like, okay, like we'll put this thing on Twitter. This is going to be the link. Like everybody, you know, thinking, oh my God, what if I open this like waiting room effectively and there's no one there. And that was obviously not the case, but it was amazing because what I hadn't experienced before, and I think what we yearn for as a casting team is this sense of community. And like that really came together. Like, I mean, and there were people like offering services left, right and center. Like um, you had some amazing director friends and like Lauren Hisrich Smith came on, who's the showrunner for Witch, and they did like an hour with us or like, you know, it was amazing. Like people from all over the world and casting directors from all over the world doing their own sort of, one-to-ones on this platform it was like just a sense of community like I had never realized was that I think it's because everyone was yearning to reach out and hold each other's hand and going this is absolutely terrifying for everyone it will change the face of the industry we're all afraid no one's working we've all lost our jobs let's literally hold hands and get through it together and I think it just was so empowering and uplifting in a time that could have felt incredibly dark and, and was dark for a lot of people. You know, it just felt nice to realise that we were all in it together, whether we liked it or not, and we're all human beings at the end of the day. And also the format of We Audition was amazing because this waiting room that it created meant that all of the performers that logged in at any given time slot they could all interact with one another. So they were forming connections with other, uh, with one another. You know, people were like collaborating on uh, people reading each other's scripts and people were getting together for like play readings and um, like people that lived, but once it reached a point where you could like, you know, go out for an hour, people that like lived close to each other were just going out and going for a walk together. And like, it was, it was just brilliant. It was really brilliant. I've never known that never known anything like it people still talk about it now it's kind of it's absolutely incredible like the reason why we started this podcast initially among other things like the the, like the bottom of my mental health was when I graduated and I just couldn't I couldn't see anyone I couldn't get in the door I couldn't get an agent and I just felt like I'd you know I was working in a pub and then I was sleeping all day and then getting up to work in a pub and I just felt like oh my gosh how am I going to connect with other people apart from if I pay like 150 pounds for for this workshop that I can't afford because I'm working in a pub and that that initiative honestly like I'm sure you still get messages about it now but what that would have done for like you say not just actors but for for other people who felt isolated and lonely at that time is is literally like there's no words to describe how incredible that is and I just think back to when I graduated and think about how low I felt at that time and what I would have literally killed for something like that and especially like the graduates I know you've done like a lot of different ones for um you know deaf actors and you know people who are working in the NHS at time and like that honestly like what what you've done is so incredible and I want to give you all like just a box of wine and say thank you (laughs) 
You know, that's too well, Scarlett. It's so incredible, honestly. Honestly, I just hope you know how incredible you I are. Mean, at nine o'clock at night, when we were texting back and forth, Bay, I don't think we could ever have imagined that it would have had that effect. Like, that wasn't even on our minds. No, not at all. It was just like, oh, I don't know. I just, the idea of, like, giving something back because we we I think at the time like we both felt so fortunate that we were still like financially secure and you know we we were still sort of working a little bit and obviously that really wasn't the case for the vast majority of the industry so it was like you know what can we do what can we do to help what can we do to give back but no like not in our wildest dreams would we have thought it would have I think it was just like that the main thing was how rewarding it felt that people thought it was a good idea and so many people joined in and like Sophie said like we had some amazing like people come and collaborate with us and guests that came on like I had um had like James Graham come on for a couple of sessions and like talk to people that were like performers that wanted to get into writing and like that that was just incredible that people were so willing to give up their free time yeah. as well yeah think you'll definitely. continue it in the future at some point or I think I think so I mean I mean right now it feels like I mean I mean you know yesterday we heard that some of the cinemas were closing down so I, I think we're still sort of finding our feet and sort of taking a, a breath in case you know we in case we end up going up you know not going under because obviously this business is not going under SHC is here to stay but I mean <laughs> so uncertain that you know every day feels like you know we're just sort of on a tightrope really but actually I mean I found those one-to-ones as valuable for my mental health as um, the actors that it was for theirs so I would love to go back and pick a couple of those up and when and you know I feel like that's definitely going to be in the future. Fantastic. So obviously now it's a very tricky time to be answering questions about getting in rooms and attending castings as even still, even in October, we're still dealing with the repercussions of the pandemic. But as we hope things will go back to normal over the next year or so, fingers crossed. Do any of you have any advice at all for actors or creatives um, on how to stay top of their mental health and to encourage them to stay in the arts um, at a time where there's not much work? Who'd be the expert here, I think? Well, not definitely not an expert. So that's a lot of pressure. <laughs> I mean, the first thing which we've all discussed is not to compare yourself to others. It's so easy to like look on Twitter or Deadline or any of the industry, like, you know, magazines or on Instagram and be like, oh my God, everyone's getting a job. Everyone's working again. It's so normal. It really isn't. We are so far away from what we were before. So I think that is the most important thing is to not compare because it that's how a picture is literally like a snapshot of what's actually going on, you know? And and those people are probably posting it to make themselves feel better. In return, it makes other people feel worse. We get that, that's the whole kind of thing with social media. But I think it's, it's such an important thing because it's gonna take a while. And I think we all need to know that and we just need to support each other through what happens over the next, you know, six months, year until things do start to feel more normal um I just try and take the pressure off because it's it's a worldwide thing at the moment it's not an individual thing that there's there's nothing hugely that you can do it's very much out of our control and I know for some people that is horrible and that 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 is you know for most of us that gives us anxiety that it's not in our control but the more we tell ourselves that it is out of our control for now and it's fine and we can just take a pause and just kind of roll with it I think is really important, I think. Um, No, I I don't think so. But just also art isn't just when you're working. Mm -hmm. I mean, you, you, the most interesting people I audition are are people who um, really have an opinion on the world as they see it. Like who read the newspapers and ask questions, who do some research and, you know, like, like art isn't just, it's not just that day when you're called to set. It, it can't be, you know, because lot, most actors aren't working regularly on set. So it's like, read a, read a book, ask, you know, ask questions, read articles, like have, have an opinion. So that when a script does fall on, you know, onto your desk, you can 
color that script with your own experience and your own opinions and your own judgments and you know life is art isn't it the, you know and, and, and actually that like, we've all talked about it today about how our experiences with mental health like and how they've impacted us and how we've used them moving forward and I think that's so valid the deeper we are as people the, the more rich our performances become our work becomes um, because it's enriched by those things that we've lived through Absolutely. Very wise words. And on the uh, same topic, what's the most important thing for each of you to keep on top of your mental health? I think for me, so I've been, I've been talking about this a lot the last few weeks. My, my mental health has not been great the last few weeks. My anxiety has been really bad. I've been struggling a bit at the moment uh, for probably various reasons. Um, but for, for me, and this, I know this doesn't work for everybody, but I really like a schedule and I feel like when I was in lockdown, because I obviously I wasn't working, so I, 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 I was really kind of not strict at all. I didn't put pressure on myself, but I, you know, I would, I would do my yoga, I would do my reading, I would do my journaling, I'd do bits. So it felt like I, I was still kind of doing like a day, you know, as such. And and since going back into kind of work and like, you know, we're allowed to go out a bit now and stuff. I've kind of let all that fall behind again, and that's my my anxiety has gone up again and I I, I said I was saying so the other day I need to get back to kind of even the small things like do you know what tonight I'm turning my phone off and I'm going to get in the bath and watch a film like something like that you know or or I'm going to take 40 minutes out before I go to bed to do a bit of meditation I kind of I've got I've got out of that habit but for me I find that really really helpful it's just like treating yourself, you know, it, even if it's 20 minutes, like you can get 20 minutes for yourself where you meditate or you, you read a bit of a book or you watch a, a funny, t- whatever it is for you. I mean, it could literally be doing handstands. I don't really care what it is, but something each day that just makes you feel a little bit like excited or a bit kind of like distracted from the real world. It could be anything. And I think 20 minutes, most of us can fit that in in some way um obviously I don't have children or a husband so (laughs) you can work I have (laughs) have a lot of time to do that um you know you know hopefully you know even if some you know on the commute we're saying that's your happy space and you know where you can switch off and I think those moments I think are really important to try and encourage doing things like that what should I say Timby um probably exercise I think like I noticed my mental health is in a much better place if I've like done a workout or been for a run um just those like good endorphins always make me feel in a better place better place um and then I guess just um staying in contact with people and and not I, I think it's good to switch off when you need you know a quiet night into yourself not to go so much the other way so that you um like in the past when I've felt incredibly anxious or not myself I've kind of like almost like retreated away and my my friend like my best friend especially will notice she'll be like you've gone AWOL for like three days like I haven't heard from you what's going on so I just try and stay in touch with people every day I find that really helps and just switching off from social media as well um, I've been like trying not to check my phone for at least an hour before I go to bed and just like reading a book instead. I find that really helps too. So yeah, like a multitude of different things, little things, but I think exercise is probably the main one for me. I, um, I, I, t- I just surround myself with absolutely brilliant people I am not the most popular woman that you will ever meet I don't have a gazillion friends but the ones I do have are really good and they are honest and kind and incredibly forgiving (laughs) of my temper tantrums or or whatever else I that is where um I that is my happy place I, I have a brilliant husband who is so kind and supportive and he never never fails me on that front I have an amazing daughter that I is literally my raison d'etre and my good friends and family are just brilliant people and I I would rather have sort of eight good people than 80 
um, people who don't really mean anything. And you know what I mean? Like all of these people around me want the best for me. And I think that's important. That's it. Absolutely. Yeah. So, so true. So we just have two more questions before we finish. Um, what actions do you think need to happen to ensure we come back to a fully safe and kind industry? Sorry, that's a really big question. That's a huge question. Does. I think we need to start calling out the BS, if I'm honest. I think we, st- I think we need to start, you know, when we get an abusive email or we have an abusive conversation, I think we need to have the wherewithal to say, actually, that is not an appropriate email to send. Um, and I, but it's difficult, it's all well and good to say it. How do you do it? How do you have those conversations? And, and, and rather than getting hurt and recoiling, how do you maintain your slight removal from that enough to be able to say that isn't appropriate actually? But I mean, I, I, you know, that's in theory. I, I don't know how we do it in practice. I think there's also something in it that we need to tell the people, the young people coming into the industry, not even young people, even people who are older coming into the industry, what not to kind of take. Mm-hmm. Like, just because it is a sought-after industry and lots of people want, you know, for example, casting, loads of people want to go into it. Just because we really want it. We don't need to let our standards slip on how we're being treated as humans. And that happens so often. I, I know a lot of people who have, have been so keen and almost desperate to be in the industry that they will take anything off anybody. And, and, and that's where we allow the bullies to, 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 to kind of thrive. thrive yeah. And, and, and you just, kind of use it and you're like oh no but I'm, I, I'm so grateful that I'm in this of course like throw that statement out of my head of course because I need you know but oh, and, well, I, I had a really good um one of our brilliant my good friend and mentor um said to me as a woman in the industry it's very specific obviously to probably half the audience but um to take out just from emails or I was just saying and sorry take the words just and sorry out of your emails take them out of your vocabulary take your seat at the table and act as if you have the power you do have you know what I mean and I'm terribly guilty of that. oh I just want to oh so sorry I just wondered if you'd like and I'm tired of that I'm nearly 40 now and I'm tired of taking the sub position actually so maybe I don't know if that's helpful but I think there's systemically we have some issues in the in this industry and I don't know how to um write it I can only affect the change that's immediately around me so that I'm going to try and do but we'll try and change anything on the whole I think would be incredibly difficult but but people will see that and people will see that you can still work and you can still be successful and you can still do a great job and be kind at the same time I think so, yeah. you don't have to be a dick yeah, yeah. basically you don't you don't also like our office is living proof of that like you you don't you don't have you don't have to run your office in a way that you know it's not a dictatorship like you don't have to be a tyrant like you can be kind to your employees and guess what in turn like they'll do their their best work for you and I think it's what saddens me is the ones that don't make it through you know, because I think, and and I'm I don't know if Sophie and Frankie can relate to this, but like I was definitely, yeah, I remember definitely being at a point where I just thought, I can't do this, I'm not cut out for it. Like this industry is not for me. Like if this is how it's gonna be, every office, every environment I go in, like someone's just ready to put me down or stab me in the back, someone I thought I could trust, then like it's just not, it's just not for me. Like my I'm not cut out for it I can't do it and I don't want to do it either and I think unless we start to call out that behavior as and when we see it it will just continue and then it's sad for the people that reach that point that don't have a Sophie Holland that swoops in and picks them up and builds them up and they end up in another volatile environment and then they just leave and then you never hear from them again I think that's really sad actually our industry can be an incredibly 
kind and inclusive and collaborative place. But I think it goes back to what Sophie said earlier. There's so much fear, so much fear aggression. People are so scared that it becomes so volatile and toxic and competitive. And it just doesn't, it doesn't need to be that way. Like there's enough, there's enough for everyone. Absolutely. For sure. There's just got to be accountability, doesn't there? Yeah. Accountability. Yeah. Because we're in such small offices, you know, other big companies, they have a huge HR department and sometimes also a mental health team. But in casting, it's such tiny offices that sometimes your boss is also the person who does the HR. So if they're the one who's killing you, how do you go to them and say, I'm having a problem? You can't. So Mm -hmm. you're in this kind of dynamic where you're you're kind of trapped as such. Yeah. Last question um, for um, all of you. Could you walk into a room today and say, I'm having a bad mental health day? Yeah. Yeah, 100%. Yeah. In, 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 yes, absolutely. This is actually something I think we yeah. should be really proud of because I don't think you could do that. I mean, I've worked for an awful lot of offices and I would say that that was not the case in 95% of them. So um, we should be really proud actually that we get to do that. Yeah. Fantastic. Yeah. You should be really proud for creating an environment where we Well, like I said earlier, I just surround myself with people who are much better than I am. But well, like loads are, and I hope loads of people listen to this who maybe aren't like aspiring casting directors and they'll listen and go, Oh, it doesn't have to be a toxic work area. Okay, I want to I want to be a Sophie Holling casting, you know, director when I'm older and, and Put, put that in place and it's all about just having these conversations and like there, there will be people who listen to this um right now who will who will go that's what I'm going to do and it will feed into like the younger generation who you know will rise up and then all this bullshit will eventually not be in the circle because mm. you're inspiring and people are aspiring <laughs> I hope so that's the plan isn't it will happen amazing yeah Ladies, thank you so much. Just before we let you go, we have one more game. Um, Sophie, I'm going to ask you the questions first and then we'll go to Frankie and then we'll go to Faye. So this is finish the sentence. Oh God. Oh God, okay. I'm ready. I've got my game face on this time. I'm ready. Amazing. So Sophie, my current Netflix watch is... Emily in Paris. Oh, it's so good. It's not, it's terrible, but I'm addicted to it. it all. I love it. it I finished it. I mean, also the outfits. I mean, how unrealistic is that for someone, you know, who's like an assistant in a PR office, but they are amazing. It's the French guy. The the neighbor. The way he kind of dips when he kisses her and like, yeah. Oh, Oh, I'm so here for her. I love it. I love it. And the, and the way also that she has like the older men that she's into, I'm like, so Parisian, everyone's having sex with everybody else. <laughs> <laughs> sorry. Next sentence, I'm ready. The arts are important because? Oh God, the arts are important because they are a sanctuary for people's minds. Great. Today I'm grateful for? My family and friends. And the favourite thing I've ever cast is? The fantastic because I'm in love with the team and I could not have asked for a more supportive freeing artistic network of people that was a really long finish to that sentence but I actually felt like like my game was better on this game than it was at the beginning (laughs) (laughs) just got to get into it you got to get into it Frankie my dead or alive party guest would be come on Frankie um Lin-Manuel Miranda excellent choice the best thing about my job is two things the team and the creativity and everyone should be more kind yes (laughs) and finally Faye if I were stranded on a desert island my one item would be oh a book very apt a book I'd recommend to anyone <laughs> is. <laughs> um, oh gosh. Oh, the Dalai Lama's cat. Aww. Honestly, it's like one of the best books I've ever read. I read it during lockdown. Is it sad? 
No, it's just beautiful. Oh, is it about there. a cat? The, it's about, it is about the Dalai Lama's cat. And it's like steeped in like all these beautiful Buddhist teachings as well about, you know, being kind to one another and like finding your true happiness and what true happiness means. And like, if anyone's feeling a little bit low, like it's a really, it really helped me in isolation. It's, and there's also, um, there's two more afterwards. There's like three in the series. So I'm on book two now. Yeah, it's brilliant. Well, thanks for the recommendation. Can I recommend one book? Is someone jump on this? It's such a good book called Reasons to Stay Alive by Matt Haig. Read it, read it, read it. If anyone's listening to this, read it. Read it again. And Faye, we have one more for you. Mental health to me is important. Absolutely. Yeah, it's important. Ladies, thank you so much for joining us. Oh, thank you. Thank you so much for having us. Thank you so much for listening to this episode of Industry Minds. If you'd like to get in contact with us, you can reach us on our email, which is info at industryminds.co.uk. For all counselling inquiries, please email mary at industryminds.co.uk. You can find us on social media. Our Twitter and Instagram handles are at industrymindsuk. There you can keep up to date with all our latest announcements. Thanks again for listening and we'll see you next week.